love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlwood, your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hello everyone, Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. It began long ago. Two young boys in an American town riding their bikes to school and Little League practice. Over the years, the boys became fast friends, united in their love for stories where things would go horribly wrong. Pour yourself a strong beverage and buckle up. You're in the shallow end with Schnepley and Toth. It's the shallow end with those two guys. Oh, the, those <laughs> two what's, guys? What's their names? Uh, Schnebly and Toth. Schnebly and Toth. Which That's sounds like an saying. old Catskill comedian team. It sure does. It does, doesn't it? Yep. Yeah, from the Borscht Belt. <laughs> Back in the days. Circa 1940. Yeah. I learned something very important uh, since our last episode, which I believe was number 25. W- w- what is that, Linz? Or number 26, actually. Number 26. I learned that if you um, don't make a mistake on your story, you get an email or two. But if you make a mistake on your story, <laughs> 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 you, you get plowed. Yeah. With uh, very well-intentioned listeners saying, um, I just wanted to point out that uh, you made a huge mistake <laughs> in telling that story, and it's not really true. Oh, is apparently, this, yeah, the, uh, the bricklayer's tale? The Australian bricklayer's tale is, uh, I, got, I, got, uh, I got rooked. Ah, yeah, you're a bamboozled. Yeah, apparently that's bamboozled, sold a bill of goods. See, it was just chin music, apparently, and it didn't really happen. <laughs> Again, very 1940s. That was nice. Yeah, yeah. But I, uh, I just thought I should bring that up right now, so that if there are another, say, two, three hundred people who are waiting to send an email saying, <laughs> "Bricklayer's story was wrong," you fucking idiot, <laughs> that I can say, "Save your email," and I appreciate you paying close attention. Right. Yeah. Well, it's it it happens. You know, it does happen. We do the best we can. But uh, the internet is full of lies, as <laughs> as we know, <laughs> and it's bound to happen. So don't blame yeah. yourself. Uh, find somebody else to blame, even though it, it's your fault. Because <laughs> it is my damn fault, and I intend to have a stern discussion with myself and go home nervous about keeping my job. <laughs> Believe you me. Well, we got a we got an email from a a listener named Heather who says, keep up the good work. Your podcast is amazing. I decided that if I won the Powerball, I was going to offer you three a few million dollars to drop a new episode every day. Oh, oh wow. Come on, Powerball. But alas, I am not a winner. Thank you for the <laughs> weekly laughs. Well, let us know if you do win. We'd be more than happy to take you up on that offer. 
happy to take that <laughs> that million off your hands. But Heather did send a uh, a link to a story um, on a website called Law and Crime. Dot com. I love lawandcrime.com. You have visited this site before. Oh, apparently. it's my favorite. <laughs> well, anything with Dan Abrams is, uh, is okay by me. <laughs> this is a story about a guy who, uh, who robbed a bank. And as I was reading it, I thought, you know, we could almost do a whole, another subsidiary of Box of Oddities and Shallow End, and it would just be Shallow End stories about stupid bank robbers. Yeah, they're they're easy to find for sure. They seem they seem to be <laughs> multiplying at a uh, at a, a miraculous pace. This is about a guy. This happened actually in uh, in July of this of this year, just this summer. Wow, a guy named Michael Conley Lloyd, thirty years old, who uh, on July twentieth, late morning. Uh, was wearing a gray cut-off T-shirt, blue gym shorts, an orange shoe on his right foot. They don't say what color shoe was on the <sighs> left foot. But he, he walks into a Bank of America in Springfield, Missouri. He had uh, multiple tattoos brandished on both left and right arms. I'm not sure how this is germane to the story, but this is, the, uh, this is in the affidavit for his, for his arrest. And he's holding a white piece of, of paper, and he has written in a, a highlighter, like a pink highlighter, um, give your money now, don't say anything, I have a partner outside. And the teller reads the note, takes it from him, opens the teller drawer, and gives him all the money in the teller drawer. The, uh, the guy, Michael Lloyd, takes back the note with the money, turns away, and runs out the entrance to the bank. So the police are coming, and they're, they're, they, uh, the people in the bank have said, hey, this guy's driving a black Dodge Ram pickup as his getaway vehicle. And that first phone call that, that came in after the uh, the robbery was only just just a few minutes obviously and this guy realizes michael realizes that the the police are actually passing him they're now headed toward the bank that he has just robbed so he thinks okay i i got to get rid of this evidence which includes this uh this note the the hold up note the the pro- problem is he had written this hold-up note on the back of his birth certificate what (laughs) yeah what so as he's driving this getaway vehicle and looks down at the pile of cash next to him and sees the note written on the back of a piece of paper he thinks well i'll just get rid of the note because that way they can't they can't trace it to me. I don't have the note. Sure, I've got this cash, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, in addition, he had also written underneath that first sentence, you know, about a partner. He says, "Be quiet until I leave. Give me all the money." 
So he had indeed not received any help from anybody else. This was just his brilliant idea. He threw out his birth certificate, and for <laughs> some reason, he threw out his driver's license as well. Oh, okay. So <laughs> yeah. he's thought this through. You know, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, if there was one piece of paper that I would not want to put a stick-up note on, uh, it would be my birth certificate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything else but the birth certificate would Just be fine. A genius, genius move. So, <laughs> so now he's so scared because he's he's seeing more and more cars, police cars, going in the opposite direction. Now he starts throwing out the money as well. <laughs> Because he's like, well, if I do get caught, I don't want to have the, the, the robbery note. I don't want my driver's license for, for whatever the hell reason. And I don't want all this cash. So he, he throws all that stuff out the window and he calls his roommate and says, you need to tell the police that somebody has stolen your truck. <laughs> oh, and you need to start listening to the police scanner. Oh, oh Wow. And she's like, dude, what the hell is going on? And then he calls his girlfriend, a woman named Ashley, to tell her what he had done and that he realizes that the jig was up. And when she says, when girlfriend says, why, why did you do this? He says, I wanted to prove a point to oh. you. And that point and being... <laughs> I'm an idiot. Still don't know. (laughs) So the the sum total of what he gets away with is $754. And the teller tells the police that she was afraid for her life. So it's it's a pretty pretty serious mistake, pretty serious crime Mm. to have committed. But it gets better (laughs) because once the police figure out who he is, he pops up on their screen and he is wearing an ankle monitor what because he has previously <laughs> admitted to robbing a bank oh, so this whole time he was wearing an ankle monitor a tracking company confirms that oh his ankle God. monitor was inside the b of a at the time of the robbery wow <laughs> this is stupidity on stupidity on stupidity it's just, and when you look at, when you look at this guy's uh, booking photo, it's like, oh yeah, we got a, we got a genius on our, <laughs> wow. on our hands. So during, during his interview, he not only admits to robbing the bank, cause you know, they get to his place and he's got a little cash left over and he says, yeah, I did it. And he's told the police he had robbed the bank because he and his girlfriend, Ashley had gotten into a fight <laughs> and he wanted to prove a point and that's all he just kept saying I, I just want to prove a point and they keep saying what what kind of point are you trying to prove and he can't he can't really explain <laughs> how robbing a bank while you're wearing an oh, ankle wow. monitor and writing the the uh, robbery note on the back of your birth certificate is going to prove a point to your girlfriend because you guys had gotten had gotten in a fight yeah yeah well he did prove a point um yeah probably not the one he was hoping to prove regardless of what that point was yeah so they are uh, they're still in a what they call a pre-sentence investigation (laughs) he could get up to 20 years in prison and a two hundred fifty thousand dollar 
fine. Wow. But they uh, they're obviously they're they're still looking into this guy to to figure out, you know, is uh, what what's the issue here? What's the issue? Well, <laughs> there there is one thing that he did that does impress me. I don't know where the hell my birth certificate is. <laughs> That's a great point. I can never I, find it. I know only because uh, I just brought back with me uh, after my dad's funeral a uh, a file folder jammed with stuff, uh, and included that is a copy of my uh, my birth certificate. Aww. But that's the only reason I know that. <laughs> and I bet you, like you, ninety eight percent of America would say, oh, "I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where it is." Cat <laughs> knows where hers is because she has to travel with it because she did not take my last name when we got married. And so, oh. so now if, it's our marriage certificate. I take. Oh, with it's us. the marriage certificate. Okay, yeah. All right. Sorry about that. But yes, uh, I. <laughs> she was traveling by herself one time, and we had booked a hotel for her, and we had done it under my name, and they weren't going to let her in. Really? Yeah, because we don't have the same last name. Yeah. Holy cow! And so. I just happened to have the marriage certificate <laughs> on me. Um, so she travels with it <laughs> yep. constantly now. <laughs> Because of that. Yeah. That makes very good sense. Damn the patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's okay for me. I don't care. But, you know. Sure. Yeah. At least at least you, uh, you run that marriage. <laughs> I do. I do. I own it. <laughs> uh-huh. And if anyone's ever met Kat, you know just what a joke that statement is. <laughs> yeah. Yep. As I said, I got this from lawandcrime.com. So again, a word to you, potential bank robbers. Maybe use a blank piece of paper if you're stupid enough to decide to rob a bank. Birth certificate, bad idea. Mm. I have not heard many smart bank robber stories in my life. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm sure there are some. I think that's why smart bank robber movies do so well mm. is because people like to think that that's a thing. Yeah. Uh, it's not. I think you're, I think you're right. And there's, there's, there's still sort of a, for whatever reason, I think we as human beings have a kind of a, uh, a Robin Hood kind of thing. We want to see, we want to see them pull it off like Ocean's 11, Ocean's yeah. 12. Right. Right. Yeah. You want them for some stupid reason. You want them to succeed. You want them to get away with a brilliant, <laughs> daring daylight attempt yes. at a full-on bank robbery. Sticking it to the man. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I love That bank's got lots of money. A revenge movie. Oh, yeah. And oh. so if it, you know, if the person being taken from deserves yeah. it, heck yes. Yeah. I recently saw an article about a guy who was actually a very smart man. He was he had an engineering degree and he decided he was going to put that to use by tunneling under the sidewalk and into the bank to rob the bank. Okay. He, he gets under the sidewalk and the tunnel collapses on him. <laughs> and he's lying there face up and fortunately for him he was underneath one of those sidewalk grates. And so he had to yell for help. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't care if he got caught at that point. I bet not. Anything's <laughs> better than being six or eight feet under a stinky sidewalk grate. <laughs> People throwing their gum wrappers on you and stuff. <laughs> he had not yet pulled off the robbery? No, he had not. He didn't even get to oh. the foundation. 
uh, to okay. do the uh, the breaking in part. Poor bastard. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, he, he may have had an engineering degree, but uh, boy, I, I doubt he was top of class. So uh, I wonder if if that's the case, if, if you get stopped by a collapse like that before you even entered the bank, would you get charged with attempted bank robbery? Yeah, I think that's probably what they would do. Okay. It was an attempt, attempted bank yeah. robbery. You don't know. But yeah, don't know. I'm not going to dig a tunnel and collapse it to find out. Amen. You're in the shallow end with Schnapley and Toth. Looking for that perfect holiday gift this season? Well, it might be right in front of you. This year, why not give the gift that will literally last forever? A big rock. We're the American Rock Council, a trade group that believes rocks make the best gifts all year long. Rocks make great paperweights on your desk. Rocks can be an attractive addition to your living room shelf. And artfully arranged on your patio, they can be a beautiful statement for outdoor decorating. What's more, they can even be used as a personal defense weapon in a home invasion. Just yell, get out of my house now, or I'm going to hit you in the face with this big rock I'm holding. Give a big rock to someone you love this holiday season. They're not making them anymore, you know. A message from the American Rock Council. When Johann Rahl received the letter on Christmas Day, 1776, he put it away to read later. Maybe he thought it was a season's greeting and wanted to save it for the fireside. But what it actually was, was a warning, delivered to the Hessian colonel, letting him know that General George Washington was crossing the Delaware and would soon attack his forces. The next day, when Rawl lost the Battle of Trenton and died from two Colonial Boxing Day musket balls, the letter was found, unopened in his vest pocket. As someone with 15,000 unread emails in his inbox, I feel like there's a lesson there. Oh well, this is The Constant, a history of getting things wrong. I'm Mark Chrysler. Every episode, we look at the bad ideas, mistakes, and accidents that misshaped our world. Find us at ConstantPodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. We're promoting your self-esteem through other people's stupidity. You're in the shallow end with Schnebly and Toth. So besides the emails that we got uh, criticizing you for, for, for giving us faulty information. But you delivered it so well. Quit riding me. Quit needling me, will you? <laughs> I got to say, it doesn't matter to me. It was wildly entertaining. So Well, but you know, we- the, the, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I finally, after I, I got over the deep depression into which I sank, <laughs> Over those 300 emails, I finally thought, you know what? It was an entertaining story, and, and yeah. the Wiley Coyote visual was, what the hell? What the hell? Do you have any more emails that you would like to oh, share? We're s- swimming in emails. Lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com. That's the email address, lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com. A gentleman named Terry writes, uh, here's a, a time I dangled my own feet in the waters of the shallow end. First of all, I'm Canadian, and things in Canada aren't always the same as in the U.S. You can't always tell what is or isn't the same. Just after cell phones became available to the public, so not everyone had them yet, I was driving along a U.S. interstate highway and came across a bad car accident. Several cars had already stopped to help, but I figured that in case none of them had a phone, I should get to the nearest landline to call an ambulance. I sped off and fortunately found a gas station not too far away. So I whipped the car into their parking lot, screeched to a stop, slammed it into park, dashed into the gas station where I grabbed the phone, turned to the attendant, and demanded, quote, Quick, 
What's the number for 911 around here? <laughs> I think that has to have been the single stupidest thing I've ever said, and that's saying something. I hope this sounds as good when you read it as it did in my head when I wrote it down. Keep flying that freak. Oops, never mind. Keep up, A, the great work, B, on trucking, and C, your fingers out of your nose. Your friend, it. Terry. I love it. Thank love you, it. Terry. That's wonderful. wonderful. Yeah. Also a letter from a woman, um, Hayden. Uh, is the listener's name. Hayden and Panettiere? Just says Hayden, <laughs> oh, no last name. Wow. Well, that would be pretty cool. It would be. Um, Hayden says, I've been listening to The Shallow End since you started, and I was a late joiner to the Order of Freaks. I need to share that you two bring me so much joy on Wednesdays, I find myself laughing out loud at work. I'm sure my co-workers think I'm crazy. I'm listening to the newest episode and the commercial about the Bah Humbug channel made me say, I need this channel. <laughs> Having worked in retail for five to six years around the holidays, I am so over Christmas music. Thank you. I need the Bah Humbug channel. <laughs> Love you guys and thanks for giving me cause for laughter every Wednesday. Hayden. Yeah, that's a weird thing in commercial broadcast radio. It's it's a relatively recent phenomenon. Like maybe, the I don't know, I guess it's been like 10 or 15 years, but uh, uh, as yeah. far as the overarching history of broadcast radio, um, the idea of going 24 hours Christmas music on commercial stations. Some guy did it in Cleveland, like, you know, 20 years ago and, and had a lot of luck with it. And he was a consultant for radio stations and said, you guys need to do this. And so I've worked in markets where several stations will flip to all Christmas and they'll all try to one up each other by flipping it the being the first one to flip to all Christmas. Right. And right, right. so consequently, one year, one station flipped to Christmas the day after Halloween. Just all thank, all Christmas music, all the way through Thanksgiving, all the way through Christmas. God. Yeah. And then they got clobbered in the ratings and I laughed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, deservedly so. That was a shitty, shitty programming decision. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, my Lord. <laughs> My Lord, I have uh, I have issues. You, I have talked many times about Costco being my happy place, but <laughs> my one biggest pet peeve of, of Costco is when they start putting up holiday stuff on, say, September first. Yeah, yeah. You think no, 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 no snowmen. Take those ribbons down. I don't want to see those yet. <laughs> it's very Grinchy of you. <laughs> it is. It is. We got a great uh, email from Lex, and it's kind of lengthy, and I'll save it for later, but I, his last uh, paragraph, I loved this. It says, I don't remember what the freak flag equivalent sign-off is for the shallow end, so make good choices and just keep swimming. I like that. <laughs> That's maybe, pretty cool. Maybe we should change it to that. <laughs> and just keep swimming? It's, uh, yeah, maybe so. Let's, let's put it up online, and we'll have people vote on it. There we go. You're going to steal from Finding Nemo? Yes. (laughs) I think it's a good message. Just keep swimming. Sure. Just keep swimming. I like that. All right, it is my turn. Buzz on the street as you've got a story for us, JJ. I I do. I do, in fact. It goes back a ways. It goes way back to 1999. During this uh, period, during this year, there was a rash of home invasions in one particular neighborhood near Anaheim, California, which is just outside Los Angeles. You worked there when exactly. you worked at, uh, at Disneyland. At Disneyland. Yeah. 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 Um, it was later learned that this rash of home invasions was perpetrated by one man. It was the work of one guy. Wow. He was 22 years old. 
and he kind of bungled his way through several successful burglaries. He was really a a burglar bungler, if you will. (laughs) Um, it, It didn't seem like he gave much thought to who or where he burgled. Uh, it was see, it also it almost seemed like it was spur of the moment decisions and he was nearly caught several times but managed to escape unscathed most mostly due to dumb luck for example one attempt uh, he it was nearly met with disaster when he broke into an apartment on the first floor of a building and in the building in that uh, in that apartment they, there was a trained attack dog that uh, <laughs> somebody had like a doberman who had gone through attack dog training. Of course. Um, as he entered the apartment through the patio door, the dog detected the intruder. Good boy. And immediately went on the attack, rushed at this guy, and he would have been ripped to pieces if it hadn't been for the fact that the dog, when he rushed toward the guy, knocked over a bookcase, and the bookcase fell in the exact right position that blocked the access from the dog to the man. <laughs> Allowing the guy to slip out the patio door unhurt. Just got away. Wow. Another time he entered a home and it had an alarm system in it. And the system, as you know, when it's armed, you you open the door and it goes beep and it gives you like 60 seconds to punch punch in your your code. code. Otherwise, it alerts law enforcement. So just on a whim, the guy punched in one, two, three, four, five, six and it shut the alarm off just, <laughs> just in time. So let that be a lesson to you folks. Yeah. Think now of you know what code to try. A little bit. <laughs> That's not where I was going with that lens, but oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Sorry. Yeah, so this yeah. guy, he, he wasn't very bright, but he was very lucky. Sounds like. However, as is oft the case, dumb luck usually runs out eventually. Sure. And this was the case with our subject. It was 3 a.m. on August 1st of 1999 when he randomly selected another home to burgle. He climbed over the fence and quietly stole toward the house. And I kind of picture him sneak crouching across the yard like the Grinch. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Which doesn't ever raise any suspicion in people's minds. No, no, no. He tried to enter the patio door. This seemed to be his, uh, his M.O., Uh, But the door was locked, so he looked around and he saw a window that had an air conditioning unit in it, and he thought, well, this is my ticket in. So he goes over and he wrestles with the air conditioner unit for a period of time, a few minutes, and he was able to, to shake it loose, jar it loose. He pulls it out and he drops it on the ground. He then uses it as a step to climb up to the window and hurl himself into the house. Now, what, Very smart. What he was not aware of, though was that the commotion had ca- that he caused when he removed the air conditioner alerted the homeowner to his presence. Uh-oh. And the homeowner was an armed police officer. Uh-oh, oh, boy. His luck was about to run out. <laughs> the police officer had been unable to sleep, and so he was watching TV in his bedroom, and he heard the commotion. So he got up, and he walked over to the upstairs window, and he looked out, and he could see somebody standing on the then-removed air conditioner, climbing through his kitchen window. So this is when he he picks up his loaded pistol and he headed quietly down the stairs. Oh, boy. The burglar, meanwhile, was able to tumble through the window into the kitchen. However, he knocked over a a metal rack full of pots and pans. (laughs) 
Very discreet. Yeah, Just to make a little more noise. Yeah. And at that moment, the police officer snapped on the kitchen light. The would-be burglar panicked and scrambled to his feet. He was As he was doing so, his foot got caught in a saucepan. <laughs> and he fell back to the floor. Feeling cornered, he reached around, he pulled out his weapon, which was a knife. That was the only weapon he had on him. He pulls the Mm. knife, and when he pulls the knife, the officer fires a warning shot. This further spooks our hero, who attempted to flee the scene. So he's (laughs) clanging across the kitchen floor with a saucepan. With his foot still caught in a saucepan. (laughs) And he dives out the window that he originally Uh climbs through. Uh lands on the air conditioner, knocks the wind out of himself, picks himself up. He was able to free his foot from the saucepan, but while he was hopping around trying to do that, he stumbled and fell face first into a bed of cactus. Oh, God. (laughs) It's like a wily Coyote scene. I was just going to say that. That's where he lost his (laughs) knife. Meanwhile, the police officer had called. He'd radioed for backup. And at this point, the burglar was was pretty hung up in the cactus. He couldn't get out of the cactus. It took him several minutes to free himself. So full of cactus quills and hearing the sound of approaching law enforcement vehicles, he runs and throws himself over the iron fence into his neighbor's into the neighbor's yard. That'll do it. And he almost made it, except the back of his pants caught on one of the spikes on the iron fence. So as the sirens grew louder, full of cactus quills, this guy finds himself hanging by his pants about a foot off the ground. (laughs) He tries to free himself. He can't. So he thinks, okay, I'm going to have to use my body weight to tear the pants and get away from the fence. So he starts jumping up and down best as he can and succeeds in ripping the pants off which stayed on the fence so now scared unarmed full of cactus quills and standing in his underpants the guy realizes he's still cornered because he had he had jumped into the neighbor's yard but was completely fenced in by this iron fence The sirens continue to grow louder, so he runs to the front of the sky's yard and again attempts to leap over the fence. This time, he was successful in impaling himself in the groin. (laughs) (laughs) Believe it or not, he was able to free himself as he rolled onto the sidewalk, bloodied, full of cactus quills, and pantsless. Dear God. Against all odds, he manages to hobble off into the desert and make a getaway before police arrived on the scene. At least he made a getaway initially. It was only a few hours later that police officers arrested a bewildered, bloodied man, naked from the waist down, picking cactus quills from his arms as he stumbled confusedly through a nearby neighborhood. (laughs) Once apprehended... He was taken to the Anaheim Memorial Hospital for treatment of his injuries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When asked for a comment, the arresting officer said, quote, It wasn't a very good night for him. <laughs> the man the was power of understatement. Se- sentenced to multiple counts of home invasion and uh, something about uh, 
picking Stupidity. Qua- cactus quills out of it. I don't know. Mm. Something like that. Anyway. Wow. Yeah. So that was, in wow. my mind, and you mentioned, Cat uh, Wiley Coyote. I just kept seeing Wiley Coyote in my, in my mind's eye as yeah. the story unfolds. Well, it's the it's the walking. The I'm picturing the sound effect that they would have used if Wiley Coyote had a had a pot on his foot. It would be the dun clank, dun clank, dun clank, dun clank as he's walking. And then he would look at the camera and hold up a sign that said "Help." <laughs> I was thinking when he when he pulled out the knife when he was still in the cop's kitchen that. Uh, you know, a, a cop could say I had a reasonable yeah. fear for my life, and the fact that he fired a warning shot and not a shot into the guy's chest right. is, yeah, Jamie Christmas. I, I know, I know, because yeah, that clearly that's what what happened was once the guy pulled the knife, the uh, police officer went, "Well, I've got free license yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. I can do what I want. I can use deadly force to protect myself." But he uh, he he exercised some restraint there for dear sure god dear god and, and and i'm glad he did because this was hilarious yeah we, we would we would have been robbed of a tremendous story if, <laughs> if he'd just been plugged on the kitchen floor thump clank <laughs> thump clank thump clank <laughs> we love hearing from you guys shallowendpodcast.com is our website all of our contact information is there the uh, email address of course is lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com. You can send us your story ideas or, you, you know, your, your corrections to uh, any of our mistakes, which I'm sure we make plenty. We do the best we can, but let's face it, the entire internet is a lie. <laughs> At least that's the way it's feeling nowadays, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was that thing you guys talked about in box? Was it uh, Birds Aren't Real? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was yeah. that was actually started by a guy as a joke. Right. And people thought it was real. Yeah, and because it's just become this whole thing now. Because they read it on the internet, so it's got to be true. <laughs> yep. Birds are exactly. not real. Birds aren't real. They uh the government systematically eliminated the bird population and replaced them with drones right. that spy on us. Right. Okay. Anyway, uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. Make good choices. Your life might depend on it. So concludes another episode of The Shallow End with Schnebley and Toff. We thank you for listening. Oh, be a dear, would you? Please subscribe to this podcast. Give these boys a five-star rating and think of something nice to say, even if you have to make something up. And visit us online at shallowendpodcast.com. All content copyright 2022. Misuse of this podcast may result in serious injury or even death. Follow all label directions. This offer void in Fort Kent, Maine and Tucson, Arizona. And parts of Orlando. Don't ask. Just trust us. Okay, gotta go. <laughs>